So welcome to Just Chopsin Podcast. And tonight we have Zach Person. We are a man down because my cousin David uh, has been called away for a family emergency. So it's just me and you, Zach. We need to make the most of it. Thank you. Thanks for so, having me on. Yeah, no worries, man. We've got you out of your van and because uh, you were in the middle of a festival, I believe. Yes, yeah. yeah we've just driven off location to, uh, yeah, do this. So. Get this in. So you're from Austin, Texas. You're 24 years old. Absolutely. And you've got, a, you've got an album and uh, you're banging it out. You're rocking some tunes. Yeah, 12-song album we just put out April 2nd. Um, you know, a, a year prior to that, we had put out an EP, five songs, and then um, just as we were about to go out and tour on it and start promotions for the EP, uh, COVID, everything shut down. And so we took the rest of that year to uh, put together the rest of the album. And then here we are a year later um, releasing it and now going out to play. Yeah, lucky enough to be able to perform it live now, I guess. Yes, yeah. Our, our, um, you know, after a year of, of sitting stagnant, our schedules is, is packed now. So yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody's the same. Everybody, all all uh, musicians are, are trying to get out through the gate now as as fast as they can. You know, I mean, especially in the UK. I see you've you've got a UK or a European tour coming up. Yeah, so, yeah. Is, yeah. We're heading off uh, August twenty fifth. Is that all still going ahead? Yeah, yeah, everything, everything is still go. We're our whole team is like watching daily um, the reports and updates, but everything is still go thus far. Yeah, cool, man. So I was re oh yeah, yeah, I was listening to your stuff earlier on uh, Spotify, and your first single "Can't Stop Running" It's a pretty, pretty uh, good track. So what, yeah. what, what are your main influences there then? You know. Um, I've, I've just always, always played and been inspired by blues music. That's the foundation of, of um, I think, all of my, my musical, you know, knowledge and everything. It, it all stems from uh, blues and, and rock music. And, um, you know, I just wanted a uh, kind of a, a Delta slide sounding song. And uh, I think every, uh, guitar player's instinct is just do that big you know slide up to the 12th fret and make a you know in an open tuning and uh just kind of having fun with with that sort of riff and you know uh, yeah yeah spitting out ideas and, and you know yeah 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 i mean i wish i mean i've been trying to play guitar now for two years but i'm nowhere near getting here any slides yet yeah 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 <laughs> i'm not the most proficient slide player but i can i can get through the tunes with it yeah, cool. So and I, I read on your bio then you appeared with Buddy Guy and Robert Cray. Yes, yeah, I um, played with uh, Buddy Guy. He was uh, coming through a run of shows through Texas and uh, my, my actual, uh, my good acquaintance and buddy, uh, and buddy uh, Quinn Sullivan. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he, uh, he's, he's like been uh, championed by, by Buddy Guy for a long time and been out on the road with him since he was like 13. Okay. And then um, I've known him uh, through through social media as we've, we've kept in touch over the years. And uh, yeah, and he invited me out and got to chat with Buddy Guy for uh, for a good minute backstage and listen to some old stories about Eric Clapton and Steve Ray Vaughan. And, uh, and then he asked me to come out and, and uh, we ended up playing like the last 
I think two or three songs, uh, all of us on stage. Um, and then he walked off and left us all on stage and like said, keep going. <laughs> Uh, and then yeah and then we opened uh been fortunate to open uh for robert cray yeah uh, 2019 and so um again just another another legend another um musician full of you know a lot of wisdom yeah yeah and then uh so were you when you picked up a guitar then you know you claim to be not quite that proficient but from what i heard you're uh you're pretty good um yeah i uh I picked up guitar when I was 10 years old. I had started skateboarding when I was like eight. And um, then at a, lo a local skate parks, they would invite out these heavy punk and rock bands to come you know, play at the parks while everybody's skating. And so I was seeing that and listening to that, uh, you know, at you know, eight, nine, 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And so that naturally made me gravitate towards picking up the electric guitar. Okay, cool, man. So you uh your earlier earlier influences were like skate skate rock skate punk rock yeah yeah and then you know the the tony hawk pro video games with like yeah. acdc and everybody in the background tnt yeah. stuff yeah yeah and the offspring and stuff yeah wolf mother all that sort of stuff yeah 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 so you're not really uh 100% blues influenced then i mean if you listen yeah. to all that stuff at a young age yeah, that's where it all started. Uh, was with, with kind of that stuff and, and Black Sabbath, Zeppelin, and um, when I first, so I was playing guitar for about two years, and then uh, or a year and a half, and then started taking lessons from this guy Baxter Clement, and he's uh, you'll know him from Casino Guitars. They have a, a big YouTube channel now. Okay. But uh, yeah, he's he taught me how to play and our first lesson he's like what are you listening to he's like okay this is good stuff he's like but I think you should go deeper and he's like your only homework for tonight is just go listen to Clapton and Steve Ray Vaughan and B.B. King and like after that I was like hooked I went from just you know kind of playing riffs on uh, the, the beginner guitar and, and then like every every day after school coming home and getting on the internet and looking up you know, uh, YouTube videos of all these yeah, legends yeah. trying to figure out how to play like them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you're, you're lucky enough to, uh, to have YouTube, I guess. I mean, back in my day, there wasn't any such thing, you know? So yeah. everything was, you had to either watch it on TV or on VCR and uh, try and learn it that way. Or listen to the radio hours on end, hoping for another rerun of your favourite song. But yeah, uh, yeah man. So, and I see on your bio as well, oh, on your album, actually, you've got a song called Crossroads. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. is that a sort of a tribute song to Robert Johnson? Because, I mean, Robert Johnson, he's a very mythical figure in the blues music scene. Absolutely. Not um, really too much is known about him, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, did a lot of research and studying and digging into his story. And um, through that process, kind of yeah I got inspired by that that story and and wanted to you know I started thinking oh you know it would be cool to to do a, a tune uh yeah like you said to pay tribute to him but but also like from my perspective if what well, like you know I started thinking what would I do if I was in his position you know in here in 2021 2020 and um and so that that's kind of you know tells how I would interact with that sort of 
journey and situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Clapton wrote a song called Crossroads as well. Eh? Yeah, or uh, or he covered he covered Robert Johnson's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a big big blues artist. Who would you really like to play with, Ben? I mean, you played with Buddy Guy. I mean, it doesn't get really much better than Buddy Guy at the moment, you know. Obviously, there's Clapton and stuff, but who would you really like to collaborate with then, rather than? You know, um, man, there's so many, uh, so many talented people. I mean, like from a more modern standpoint, like I love, you know, people like Dan Arbach from the Black Keys, Jack White, um, love all their stuff. Uh, Chris Stapleton, actually. Okay. Um, yeah, he, he's a phenomenal songwriter. Um, man, yeah, I mean, there, there's so many, so many uh, big acts that, uh, you know, there's actually a guy here in Austin, Texas, and he goes by, uh, not goes by, his name is Dave, Dave Sher, S-C-H-E-R. And I've, okay. I've been fortunate to be able to collaborate with him. He's not um, globally uh, known, but he's one of the best guitarists like that exist right now. And he lives here in Austin. He okay. uh, tours with Eric Johnson regularly. Yeah. Um, just, I don't know if Eric Johnson vouches for him, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a new guy on the scene also from the UK. His name is Chris Buck. Have you heard of Chris Buck? Yeah, Chris Buck's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's he's making some noise now. Eh? He's he's also a great guitar player. I've been following some of his stuff on uh, YouTube and that. You know, he does a uh, like a Friday night session mm. where he goes through some of his uh, leads or his, um, his leads, his riffs and stuff, and then he breaks it down, shows you how to play it, shows you what tones he's made and stuff. Yeah, he's really good. It's quite uh, quite interesting. Quite also interesting to see. Have you got anything like that in the pipeline? YouTube channel. Yeah, you know, um, I think now that, I mean, as things are picking up, we, we're going to have a lot of content and stuff, a lot of road vlogs. We're just going to try to, you know, keep it interesting. Yeah, yeah. Keep it fun. That's the main thing. <laughs> so I also noticed that you, um, you're an equity partner in Black Denim Records. I mean, your, is your album coming out, has come out on Black Denim Records? Absolutely, yeah, and I had to put on the the black denim jacket. Black denim, yeah. Are you got denim on denim? Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so that that was, you know, um, I moved to Austin, like I said, in, in 2017, and um, had kind of um, done a lot in Houston, which again is about three hours out from Austin, and um, everything was. You know, people always talk about like the Houston music scene versus Austin. Like, I mean. Austin is just it's I mean even size wise uh, it's like a smaller footprint of a city and so everything is just very condensed into one small you know uh, like area uh, yeah. radius you know and uh, yeah. geographically and so there's just there's so much music happening in, in like a small um, you know area and so uh, it was it made sense for me to be here and um, about six months into living in Austin, I met my manager, Christopher Durst, and um, soon after, his his producing partner, uh, Will Lacanto, and he was in he was in two big '80s bands, uh, Information Society and T42, and um, so he has that big you know that electronic background, which is 
you know, uh, kind of made its way into my music, and which I appreciate it. Um, but the three of us kind of early on realized that, you know, we uh, could essentially do a lot of what a, a label could do, um, you know, we, just from an artist management standpoint. Then mm-hmm. soon realized we're like, well, you know, we could try to put out music and then shop it to a label and go the fast route or or continue to slow build it ourselves and, and maintain control of everything and ownership of of all the rights and you know creative control and all that stuff and so we decided to kind of pre-official black denim records to to uh, pursue that route and then during quarantine it just made sense to make it you know official and uh then we started black denim and we came out strong this year and are now kind of looking to the future next few artists. Okay. Do you have, uh, have you got any more artists signed on that label yet or are you the only one? For, yeah, first first artist, uh, the flagship artist of, of Black Denim. And again, we just launched this year, mm-hmm. like the January of, of this year. And so, um, you know, coming out of COVID, slowly winding up and now we're kind of looking at 2022 for um, to bring on uh, some more people. Okay, and uh, I see it said you're an equity partner. So, what what does that mean? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I mean, they uh, the the they you know cool strategy model that you know has not uh, been done before uh, that we know of. You know, giving um, you know an artist ownership in in his label. Uh, you know, so so. You know, like I mentioned, my management and um, and myself, we all are three owners yeah. in the in Black Denim Records. So I'm, I technically play dual roles as as label, uh, you know, owner with with them and also artist. Um, okay. And, but and and Christopher is CEO of Black Denim Records. Um, you know, Will handles. You know, he's the president of Recorded Music, and you know, it, they try to they try to you know, position it so that um, I have as much uh, creative uh, input. Where you know I'm not getting bogged bogged down as much. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We all play a, a you know role in making decisions for the label, but um, you know they're very aware that I can't get you know so caught up that I can't continue to to focus yeah. on the music. So yeah, um, we all we all share those responsibilities and um, yeah. Okay, will you bring if well if when you eventually bring other artists in, will you make them also equity partners or are you going to just keep them signed, that, that, to, the, signed to the label? That is kind of uh, somewhat proprietary information, but it uh, it uh, there there is um, somewhat of, of, of an angle there. Uh, yeah. You know, for our artists yeah. helping them, helping them maintain ownership of, of their catalog. As well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, to keep it more ethical, and to give uh, artists, like you said, more creative um, and more ownership of their of their music. Um, I interviewed a guy a few, I'd say, about, probably about a month ago now. He has a label up in Canada, and that's the same sort of thing that he's trying to do. He's trying to build a label. He's actually started a label, and he's trying to build a label in a very ethical way where everybody knows exactly how much things cost exactly, and everybody yeah. takes a little bit of a percentage of that. And then, you know, if they, if they want to continue with the label, then they obviously 
But, you know, there's no big sums of money being thrown around at artists. They come in, they, they pay their bit, and then if they make any money, they get money back, you know? Is that the same sort of thing you've got in mind? Sort of. But, like, I mean, the thing you mentioned, uh, just uh, the transparency we want with, with everybody, um, and then building, you know, building that trust with, with every artist that, you know, uh, the biggest thing to us is that, uh, again, like I said, early on, we felt like, there was a deeper relationship. It was more family based, and so yeah, yeah. Whatever artists we bring in, we wanted to definitely have that vibe, and um, you know, uh, we have just so everybody's comfortable, trusting, and and feels you know wants to stay ultimately. Yeah, yeah, that's the same sort of thing he said. I mean, most most of the artists, I say most of the artists he's actually signed at the moment are his family. So his daughter and boyfriend, I don't know, boyfriend or whatever, are a duo, and he's brought them on board as as now part of the label. And um, I think it's he said his sister-in-law or something is also singing on the label. Or but there's a few different directions that they're going. But you know, it's more family oriented, and, and they want to grow it with artists to keep it as a family, if you like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it makes it probably makes for a better working business model you know if everybody knows what's going on i mean i've managed a few bands myself and sometimes it can be a nightmare you know yeah. and uh, especially as the go-between between the label and the band you know the labeler the labeler telling you one thing and the band don't believe you and then you know and you're always trying to be as transparent as possible but if you can bring that relationship to you you know what so- i mean yeah, then it's then it's going to be beneficial for all parties, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. That's pretty interesting, man. I mean, uh, yeah. I don't know how long that's going to take you to set up. Like you said, you're the flagship artist, so I suppose you got to get your we've got to get your stuff up and running and rocking and rolling. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Before that's... we make any steps forward, I suppose. Somewhat, there's there's a lot of strategies that play, um, and luckily we have, you know, we've uh, built out a, a really good team uh, to on the label. So there's um, there's there's a lot of again a lot of talent in terms of uh, not just in terms of musical. I'm good. I mean, like in terms of what everybody brings, uh, you know, to the yeah to the, yeah um, from brand marketing and press. Yeah. Um, so is Mr. Durst any relation to Fred? No, uh, you know, no, no, but he, he was, um, he has been in ours. That's the cool thing too about, about the labels that um, every, all the owners have, have been artists or, or are artists or have been yeah. artists at this point. And okay. so that's a better perspective. Yeah. Yeah. He, so Christopher's background is, um, you know, that he started off on the music side of things uh, yeah. as a guitarist and then um, you know, forced to become lead singer and then kind of just a whole lot, you know, he, he just wanted to play guitar and then, um, you know, moving forward in his career, um, most notably known um, as a rock photographer, um, okay. like uh, everybody, Lady Gaga, um, Justin Bieber, Willie Nelson, um, a whole host of, uh, of artists and, um, you know, then then coming off the road, you know, family and uh, wanting to get into artist management. Yeah. 
did he release any books of his photography or oh yeah i mean his works all over the place um some of the iconic willie images are uh yeah, you'll see you'll see christopher durst with oh right okay yeah that's pretty interesting as well yeah i mean uh yeah it's nice to uh so he's got plenty of contacts then hasn't he yeah, absolutely. And it's nice to have a, a, a photographer built into a manager photographer. <laughs> yeah, you can do all your photo shoots <laughs> on the cheap if he's not doing them for free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, cool. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, so I don't know what's next for you. I mean, you, you're touring this album now and it's probably going to take you into 2022, is it? Yeah, yeah, you know. I think that the plan is is to you know ride this wave of this album. Um, well, I think we'll probably be looking closer towards a 2023 uh, sophomore album. But Bill, I mean, there'll be lots more music coming out over the next year in the form of singles and you know maybe some live EPs and and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of promo, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, like I said, it's been a tough year. I mean apart from finishing your album then how did you uh how did you cope with covid uh, with the lockdown sorry not with fucking covid with a lockdown situation yeah you know it was uh you know at first i think everybody was in a lot of people were in the same boat thinking it was going to last a few weeks and then mm -hmm. turns into you know year years at this point and um it just it, it was time for us to kind of re-strategize and rethink everything and um time to you know get this album um written and recorded and um you know there was a i don't know there was i mean i i'm i'm an optimist for the most part and try to look at the the positive of every situation and um obviously there was there was so much you know i mean i wrote a song one of flies about some of those hardships of, of 2020 but um you know the fact that we came out as a duo and that turned out to be uh, one of the best decisions for us you know that was yeah, um, yeah. There's, there's a lot there's a lot of um positives that came out of it um i don't know if you heard the story about um our studio was struck twice by lightning while we were recording the album uh, okay no, on top of everything else that was already going on yeah <laughs> everybody was okay i guess Everybody was okay. Yeah, the equipment was was totally d destroyed, but um, and had to be replaced twice. Um, oh man! Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that there's extra precautions and stuff put in place for for lightning now. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know that it strikes multiple times in the in the same place. <laughs> yeah, really, in the same place. So now you've got a lightning conductor on the roof, or what? Yeah, you know, it, it's Will's studio. He did, he did, had some people come out and, and do a whole bunch of technical things <laughs> to, to try to uh, prevent that from happening. And That's crazy, especially for it to strike twice. I mean, they say lightning never strikes twice, but obviously in your case. <laughs> yeah, people joking, they're like, well, that just means the album's electric. I'm like, yeah, 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 well, it's definitely not acoustic. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, that's another thing too. We uh, added. Um, I started playing resonator guitar on uh, part of the shows now, um, which I've, I've never done before. And everybody expects me to play slide on it. And I, 
I don't I play slide on a, a Gibson Les Paul Jr. But yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's a it's a cool, um, a really cool thing. You know, making this album in the studio and during quarantine, not really having a chance to play on some of these songs live. Just having to kind of imagine, you know, in, in a live context, and then coming out and kind of figuring out how, um, you know, how these these tunes are gonna feel yeah, a lot. Yeah. It, it's turned out to be really cool. There's a lot of texture to this album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of layers. Yeah. Is, did you do any sort of like live living room sessions during the lockdown then, over yeah. Facebook or whatever you know? Yeah, there was a lot of. Um, a lot of uh, Zoom uh, shows and a lot of uh, the, the, the drive-in shows, which are interesting. Um, a lot of, yeah, weird uh, sort of um, ways to, you know, mediums to perform through. But I don't know, I, I kind of, you know, I got really comfortable doing the, the Zoom shows. Okay. And going back to live was weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a few people said that. I mean, uh, a big festival had just gone past uh, last weekend uh, in Wales, and it was limited to like 4,000 people, I think. But everybody was so excited to actually be amongst people again, you know? Because yeah. uh, in the UK, everybody, everybody's been in lockdown for 18 months, and now they've had a chance to get out and about and see their friends. And, and I mean, the festival went down really well so yeah. Uh, yeah i don't i mean talking about covid have you had a vaccination and are you a vaccination believer or well i know it i have to be in order to to uh come to travel. Europe, to travel so that was that was the i mean there was no thinking about it and you know even yeah uh, yeah no matter anybody's opinion like our whole team is yeah now i've been vaccinated and uh and uh is, is heading over yeah um, and it's so funny, those, even the vaccines, uh, even with no uh, live, um, supposedly no live uh, virus in them, they, they wore us out. Well, me, wore me out. Yeah, did you get sick? Uh, you know, or you just got like the, you know, the tired, tired, you know, uh, tiredness. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I actually caught COVID about, now I'm looking at about 12 weeks ago, I think. Yeah. And um, I was really, really ill Yes. Uh, for about four weeks. And then I started coming out of it. And uh, now I'm, I have to have physio and everything. But I also had my vaccination about two weeks ago, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, I was really ill for like three days. I thought I caught COVID all over again. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty, it can be pretty uh, taxing. On the body, we had uh, some of our friends. Um, some of our friends get it in, just um, not, you know, be. They were without like just you know energy, and uh, they didn't have that spark. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. For yes. weeks or months afterwards. Well, after the injection or after catching it. After after catching, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I've got now, and my partner also. We both wiped out <laughs> extremely so uh, yeah it's a pretty tough one so uh yeah i think hey man i think we've covered everything about your album and uh there's some great songs on there i've listened to it a few times now to be honest 
And you. yeah, I mean, I don't know where you're playing in Holland because I'm actually in Holland, in, in the Netherlands, you know? Yeah, where are we playing? Um, there's people keep asking in the, the show, the few shows we've done, everybody is like, where are you guys going? And I'm like immediately, I like, just like looking off into space, like, um, Germany. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. I can always look it up. But yeah, yeah, maybe I can come along to a show and uh, be good to have a chat with you face to face instead of Zoom to Zoom. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But since as you're in America, I mean, I always throw a story in uh, at the end of the show. Uh, Sheriff Pat Garrett's revolver, the one he used to kill Billy the Kid, is actually going up for auction. Did you know that? I did not, no. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they're, they're thinking that it's probably going to bring about two to three million dollars, which is a lot of money for a single shot revolver, you know. Quite a bit. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, where are you? Austin, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Well, everybody's got a gun in Texas, haven't they? Austin based. Uh, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I would. I would second guess it. Because <laughs> they're allowed to conceal and carry in Texas or not? You know what? Uh, I'm not sure on that because everything has changed. Oh, it's okay. Like everything's like again just changing, um, um, changing government things. Yeah. And there's like I, I feel like it's been back and forth over the past, you know, two years. Uh, I can't keep up with where we are right now. Yeah, yeah. What's your stance on gun laws then? Ah, uh, dude, I don't have any stance. Unfortunately, do you carry a gun? Everybody, everybody does do what you would do what you need to do. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You and know, I wouldn't tell you if I, I wouldn't tell you if I did. <laughs> you gotta find out. Yeah, you, well, you can't take it to Europe with you anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a baseball bat or something like. Yeah, that. yeah, that's no worries. All right then, mate. Well, it's been good to chat to you. Eventually, we we got it all sorted after your, <laughs> your nightmare on the bus, and uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, how was your festival? Being patient. How was your festival? Have you, have you played already, or have you got to no, go back? No, not yet. Gotta yeah, gotta head back. Ah, right. Okay. Oh, then I won't keep you then. All right. Well, let's, I'll look forward to uh, some more music coming out from you. I hope I can chat to you again. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Actually, we'll be putting uh, out a song uh, when we're heading over called Remnants. It was supposed okay. to be our first album, and uh, we ended up saving it as a single for our UK EU uh, okay. adventure. All right, so, cool, man. Yeah, I'll look out for it. So, all right. Well, take it easy. Get back to your festival. Go and kill them. Not, not, not literally with your gun, but uh, <laughs> with your guitar. <laughs> Knock him dead, man. All right, cool. All right, nice to speak to you, Zach. Likewise. Thank you, man.